the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. And a happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers present with us today. The homily this morning is about enduring God's test as a pathway to healing. We may think, why does God test us? I thought he only loved us. We know that people who test us don't love us. Is that the truth? Think about your favorite teacher that you ever had in school. The one who really had an impact on your life. They never tested you, did they? You know, they're the ones that tested you the most because they loved you. And you knew that they loved loved you and you loved them. I couldn't find a key verse, and so I'm going to throw two or three key verses at you. (laughs) One... The first one, so he went and washed and came back seeing. He washed and came back seeing. We'll work on that. He responds to the accusations, the initial accusations of the Pharisees. What do you say about him? He says, he is a prophet. So we'll work on that. And towards the end, when Jesus found him and asked him the questions, he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. The main points, the main point I'd like to get across today is that the tests God introduces into our lives are a means of healing our souls. Those tests are not to be resented. The tests are medicine for healing our souls. I'd like to read a couple of quotes from St. Nikolai of Zicha. Most of you hear me quoting him all, all the time. Maybe you don't know who he is. <laughs> he, was, he was born towards the end of the 19th century, I think around 1895. He was Serbian and um, lived through World War I and World War II. He was sent by the king of Serbia to uh, be educated in England, came back, was ordained uh, a priest, he couldn't serve uh, in the army because of physical disabilities. He was eventually ordained a bishop, became extremely influential and popular, so popular that he was a threat. He was thrown into Dachau prison during World War II. And uh, after his release at the end of World War II, he went back to Serbia and it was still considered not safe for him to live there. So he came to the United States in 1948 and lived here until 1956. 
when he died. And uh, any of you who have been to the St. Stephen uh, Cathedral in Alhambra down in L.A., he consecrated that church. St. Nikolai consecrated that church. He says the blind man who had been healed had passed the first test. He had shown himself to be meek and obedient when the Lord sent him with clay-smeared eyes to wash himself in the pool of Siloam. This was the test of obedience. Go and wash. And he went and he washed and he came back seeing. Then he passed the second test. He showed himself to be persevering under temptation and would not betray the Lord to the Pharisees' lies. This is the test of temptation. No, he is a prophet. Then the Lord confronted him with the third and final test, the greatest test, that of true faith. Dost thou believe on the Son of God, Lord? I believe, and he worshipped him. So the first test was a test of the blind man's will. He was obedient to the Lord's command, and he came back seeing with his physical eyes. The second test was a test of the man's mind. Would he believe the lies of the Pharisees? This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. That's a lie. How can a man who's a sinner do such signs? Another lie. Give God the praise. We know this man is a sinner. Another lie. You're his disciple, but we're disciples of Moses. They were lying then too because they weren't true to Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. I actually think they did know and refused to acknowledge it. He says, the man answered then this time with almost sarcasm towards them. Why? This is a marvel. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone's a worshiper of God and does his will and God listens to him, never since the world began has it been heard that anybody opened the eyes of a man born blind. And if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Not only does he call Jesus a prophet, he starts becoming a prophet himself. He did not cow to them. What about the accusations against Paul and Silas? These men are Jews and disturbing the city. <laughs> they advocate customs which is not lawful for us Romans to accept or, or practice. 
So what did the crowd do? They joined in attacking them. Because of the lies. Not because of what they did, because of the lies. Beat them with rods, inflicted blows, threw them in prison, put stocks on them in the inner prison, fastened their feet. What did they do? What did they do at midnight? They were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. They were listening. Who's listening to us? Who's listening to us? Who's watching us when we're faced with difficulties? Somebody who needs to be saved is watching us. Their life may hang in the balance based on how we respond. We're tested today all the time. How could a God of love allow suffering in the world? Jesus was a prophet, but so was Confucius, so was Socrates, so was Mohammed, so was Gandhi, and others. No one has a corner on the truth. How about this one? Constantine created Jesus' divinity. Until the Council of Nicaea, Jesus was viewed by many of his followers as a mighty prophet and a great and a powerful man, but a man nevertheless, just a mortal man. You know where I got that one? The Da Vinci Code movie. Direct quote from that movie. As long as there's been belief in one true God, there's been killing in his name. Like, what about the Crusades? How can you justify that? I don't believe in organized religion because the church is corrupt. And Christians are just racist and bigots. Lies, 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 lies. How, will we st- how do we stand up? How do we stand up to that? Will we continue to confess the Lord Jesus Christ as God from eternity? The third test was a test of the man's heart. Jesus said, do you believe in the Son of God? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who speaks to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Now his spiritual eyes had been opened. And he saw Jesus as God. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now I'd like to read to you what St. Nikolai says about this verse. By this reply of his, 
This reply is also for us, for we too are his contemporaries. For he is alive and forever and ever. And today we have the confirmation of his words, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as he's in a man's soul, he is the light of that man. As long as he is in the midst of the people, he is the light of that people. As long as he is in the school, he is the light of that school. And as long as he is in a workshop, he is the light of the work and the workers. Anywhere from which he withdraws his presence, a total darkness prevails. The human soul without him becomes hell. People without him become a pack of famished and ravenous wolves. A school without him becomes a poison factory of folly. A workshop without him becomes a place of grumbling and hatred. Is this not a poignant commentary on the world we live in today? The mass shooters in our society, they are famished and ravenous wolves. Our schools and colleges and universities, by and large, they have become poison factories of folly. Our politically correct places of work, places of grumbling and hatred. It is incumbent upon us to respond appropriately to the tests which are placed in our lives by God for the healing and strengthening of our souls. The Lord may ask us to do something we don't understand. We must obey Him. He may allow us to be confronted by our fellow man in such a way that we're tempted to betray Him or at least to hide our knowledge of the truth. We must confess Him and proclaim Him as God. He may seek and find us who have become outcasts in our family, outcasts at our school, outcasts at our job, marginalized. Even in the church, we sometimes feel this among our brothers and our sisters. Or in public life, we must believe in Him and continuously worship Him. Because, because the tests of God introduce into our lives the means of healing our souls, the means of healing our hearts, our minds, our wills. May we reclaim that healing that we were given in the waters of baptism by the power and operation of the Holy Spirit. And may our lives be reoriented to obedience, perseverance, and faith. 
dare I say, no greater gift could be given to a mother than this kind of life commitment. Let us pray. We believe, O Lord Jesus Christ, our God. We believe that Thou art the Son of God and the light of the world. We, together with the choirs of angels and saints in heaven, and with the whole church on earth, worship Thee, O most gracious Lord. Thee and Thy Father and Thy Holy Spirit, the consubstantial and undivided Trinity, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is risen.